Did you know that there's an extensive library that contains every thought, action, decision, emotion, and event that has ever occurred, as well as the present and future for you? Well, that's precisely what the Akashic Records are, a vast repository of knowledge said to hold the collective consciousness of all beings throughout time. This episode will leave you inspired and eager to explore more of the infinite possibilities the Akashic Records offer. Stick around for today's episode where we uncover the profound wisdom hidden within the Akashic Records and how this knowledge can help you as a holistic therapist and your clients. This is an episode you don't want to miss. This is Holistic Counseling, the podcast for mental health therapists who want to deepen their knowledge of holistic modalities and build their practice with confidence. I'm your host, Chris McDonald, licensed therapist. I am so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. Question for you, how can Akashic Records be a missing piece for helping clients heal? And are you interested in learning strategies to help you align with your incarnated purpose? Today's guest is renowned spiritual mentor and Akashic guide, Heather Ivany. She has over 20 years experience leading innovative courses, private trainings, retreats, and more. Harnessing a radiant warmth and decades-long immersion in spirituality, Heather facilitates life-altering transformation and growth for those who seek her guidance or feel resistance aligning with their purpose. Her acclaimed Akashic readings and trainings have opened the records for an entire generation of new students who are expanding the tradition of awakening consciousness. In today's episode, we'll unravel the fascinating methods used to access these records and the profound insights Akashic records can provide. We'll delve into the belief that connecting with the Akashic Records can lead to self-discovery, spiritual growth, and a deeper understanding of our life's purpose. Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, Heather. Thank you, Chris. Pleasure to be here with you today. Yeah. Can you share with my listeners more about yourself and your work? Sure. Um, My background stems from being a yoga teacher, which more recently has grown into being a spiritual mentor and an Akashic Record guide. So I kind of blend all three modalities in the offerings and programs that I share with individuals and and in group settings and also in one-on-ones. Yeah, isn't it great to blend everything? I know a lot of our listeners, we all do that as mental health therapists and incorporate so many different parts together. It just makes for such a positive result. Yeah, it's one of the advantages of maturing is that you get to have a deeper reservoir to just create your own alchemy mix of things, which I I really enjoy. Um, That was one of the things I was looking forward to in my younger years, you know, getting older and and, uh, more mature was like, oh, I just can't wait to have like this reservoir of all these different tools and skill sets to pull from. So it's fun to be at that place. Absolutely. So we're going to talk today about Akashic Records. And I mentioned to you before you hit record that I know hardly anything about this. So I'm so excited to learn more with my listeners. But can we just backtrack? Can you define what are Akashic Records for listeners who may have no idea what we're talking about? Yeah, there's a few different ways that um, that I like to sort of compare it and symbolize it with. One of the fun ways to play with it is is think of how every time you use your computer, you're storing and saving things into something that we call the cloud. And we don't actually know a lot of us how the cloud works. We can't see it. 
but we're aware that it's out there and it's storing information. Then when we need that information, we can pull it from the cloud and we can drop it into um, whatever it is that we're working with in that present moment. So think of the Akashic Records in the same sort of arena in that every sort of blueprint that your soul has throughout its timeline. So if you're open to exploring past lives, or even if you just want to play with this lifetime, that's fine too. But every thought, every action, every decision that we make, and even if you're open to expanding that into the potential of parallel universes, they're recorded in a frequency that's called your soul. And you, when you read the Akashic Records, it's like accessing the cloud storage of your soul and being able to pull wisdom teachings from your soul's timeline into the present moment to access how to be more in alignment and in fulfillment of your soul at this time and at this place. I love that with the cloud storage. And you're right, I have no idea how it works with cloud storage, but but I know that that the basis of it too is that we have an area that we can store a lot of information more than we could on our computers. So, but I like how you can think of that and conceptualize that. That helps a little bit to at least get some idea of what how, how big it is, I guess, too, right? Well, right. And so if everyone has their own cloud storage that they store cl- things in, so the personal cloud storage would be your personal Akashic records, but then it's stored in the bigger field called the cloud, and that's called the Akasha. So the Akasha is this overarching umbrella or rainbow that encapsulates all the different Akashic records um, that are available to us. So anything that's conscious, whether it's an animal, a plant, a human, it has an Akashic records. And then anything that serves a purpose beyond itself also has an Akashic record. So this also opens up into the field of, of the Akashic records of your business. Um, you can go into land clearings, you can go into Uh, different star planets if you're open to it. So it really starts to get broader and broader and kind of for some people it can get too overwhelming. So then you could just tunnel back in and zoom the lens back in and just look at directly the Akashic records of yourself and start there. So what what first interested you in the Akashic records? Well, how I got introduced was it wasn't direct. So I wasn't directly looking at the Akashic records and trying to figure out a way to access them and then incorporate them into the work that I was already presently doing. It was more sublime than that. I was meditating and I got the invitation in my meditation to reach out to someone that I hadn't talked to in quite a long time. And when I reached out to them, she shared with me that she works with the Akashic Records and would I like to do a reading with her, which I did. And in that time that we spent together, what became apparent, and I didn't really know what the Akashic Records were. I I had a vague idea of it, even 20 years in working in the yoga realm. The Akashic Records is is not a mainstream um, conversation in the yoga realm. So so you kind of have to dig and hunt a little bit to explore it. So even when I was doing the Akashic reading, I wasn't quite sure what I was getting into. But what became very clear was the guide that was taking me through the session. She was pointing out the ways in which I show up in life and how I subconsciously work with the Akashic records. So 
when I'm teaching yoga, there's a way that I was subconsciously tapping into the field of the Akasha and able to give cues when I'm teaching that weren't relevant to me, but they were relevant to people in the room. So I'd have this constant sort of feedback at the end of a yoga class that um, students would come up to me and say, you know, I don't really know what happened there, but it was almost like you're in my head or in my heart and you're giving me the exact cue that I needed in that moment in order to help to clear what's been going on with me and get deeper into the resonance of who, you know, of how I want to be expressing myself. So in that session, she she was just showing me all the different ways that I was subconsciously working with the records. And she was like, do you want to consciously work with them now? And if so, here's ways that we can explore them together. So that's how it unfolded for me. And I originally was just working with the records for myself, but then I just kept being invited into the part one and the part two and the part three. And then once I had all three components of the Akashic records, which is Part one is learning how to read your own records. And then part two is how to read someone else's. And then part three is how to read the records of all other things. And once I'd completed all three parts, then I had a few people in in my community that were asking me to teach them how to read it. So it wasn't even something that I was directly trying to go after. Um, So it found you. (laughs) Yeah, it found me in a way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I've been dancing with it ever since. And it's interesting how there's many different things that I do with my work, but this is the one that really pops for a lot of people. It's the easiest way for me to to connect with people and work with them for sure. Where do the origins of these Akashic records, have they always been around since time started or? There's a few. So Akasha is a Sanskrit word, which means space. Now, if you take this into more of like a scientific quantum physics lineage, quantum physics is the study of everything and space is essentially everything. So even though it has roots in Sanskrit, it essentially has been around for since the beginning of time in a, in a sense. Now, this is what has been shared with me through my teachers. There's some individuals that actually work directly with the Akasha. So when they're working with it, they're going into the field of the Akasha and they're seeking information from it. Now, when I work with the Akashic record, I work mostly with people to support them in aligning with their incarnated purpose in this lifetime and giving them tools to support them in that process. So those that go into the, the Akashic records of the Akasha they've shared that this was available to people for quite some time. And then because it was being used inappropriately or it was being more abused, it was shut down. And it's only recently in the last couple hundred years that it's been opened back up again and accessible for anyone to, to play with. So the big names that in history that have that I've worked with it are Edgar Casey. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of, yeah, I've heard of him. him. Yeah, yeah. So he's sort of like the the sleeping yogi in which he would lie down and go into sort of a hypnotic state and he would read people's records in that way. And then there was audio recordings that were taken from it. And then those were then transcribed into several books. Um, Linda Howe's another one. She started more in the 60s. So Edgar Casey, I think is the early 1900s. Linda Howe's more the 60s. Um, and there's a few other names that, um, that are eluding me right now. But uh, yeah, it's definitely been around since the beginning of time. It's just becoming more predominant in mainstream now. Yeah. So I'm just wondering too, is I know you mentioned about yoga that with some of the cues that, that you might've been unconsciously doing, using the records and not even knowing it and to help people with healing. I wonder if that's true for mental health therapists too, because we use so much insight and just our own, just connecting to intuition and, you know, could we be tapping into something broader like that to help us with clients? 
Well, it's interesting you mentioned that, Chris. There's a lot of um, practitioners that go through my Akashic training that are counselors, therapists, and coaches. And so what they're wanting to do is have a bigger resource to work with their clients with. So part of it is there's there's two sort of pieces that you can play with here. One, that when we work with talk therapy, it's a it's a slower vibrational frequency than say energy. Think of like the speed of light and, and time and space. So the Akashic Records works with uh, the dimensional realm that's faster than our physical form, which is quite dense and a little bit slower. So a lot of healers will will incorporate the Akashic Records because it can help to speed up the healing process because you're you're combining the talk therapy with energy therapy simultaneously, and the two just work really well together. Same as if you were to combine Reiki healing with your with your counseling, or if you were to work with add essential oils to a client's protocol, or or, um, meditation, all these different modalities that get people into the energy frequency and out of simply um, working it from the cognitive place, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then the second layer there is that when you have access to the Akashic Records and you're working with it intentionally, then you can ask to go into the timeline of when the trauma actually first originated, which might not be this lifetime. A client, an individual might be having trauma playing out in this lifetime, but it actually originates from another lifetime. This is what we talk about when we share karma or, or different seeds or patterns that keep some scars, the patterns that keep repeating over and over. So if you can go into the timeline of some soul and access the origin of the trauma and treat it from there, then that quantum field will ripple into the present moment and help to accelerate the speed of the healing process. It's quite fascinating. Yeah, now I'm just thinking about all that. That's pretty cool. Because in this podcast, we talk about all these different holistic modalities and therapists listening are often interested in how can I up-level my therapy? And Because we're, we're all going beyond talk therapy <laughs> in this yeah, podcast too. Which is interesting because this then this is the pioneering, the grassroots movement of the new paradigm is A, who are the energy healers that are capable of being able to manage the 3D realm, pay your bills, take care of yourself, making sure that this body is thriving so that you can be of service without burning out. And then secondly, how are you able to see where we're going, how we're accelerating and being able to be on a, on a, on a frequency that matches that? And so this is why exactly what you're doing right now, Chris, is, is the forefront of the new paradigm. You're, you're, you're giving people the opportunity to access higher modalities of frequencies to play with and to also ensure that they're, they're maintaining their own priority of self-care so that they can be available for the long haul, because as we can see, we're in a we're in a climate um, crisis right now with mental health. Going in network with insurance can be tough. It can be confusing to understand the process and frustrating to figure out how it all works. I know because I've been there too. Filling out all the right paperwork is time consuming and tedious, and even after you're done, it still can take months to get credentialed and start seeing clients. That's why Alma makes it easy and financially rewarding to accept insurance. When you join their insurance program, you can get credentialed within 45 days and access enhanced reimbursement rates with major payers. They also handle all of the paperwork from eligibility checks to claim submissions. 
and guarantee you payment within two weeks of each appointment. Once you've joined Alma's insurance program, you can see clients in your state of licensure, regardless of where you're working from. This is a great option if you want to travel in your state and don't want to be limited to one city. This makes it so much more accessible for you and your clients. Learn more about building a thriving private practice with Alma at helloalma.com. That's helloalma.com to get started today. Hi folks, Gordon Brewer here. And if you don't know me yet, I'm the person behind the Practice of Therapy podcast, which is part of the Sightcraft Network of Podcasts. The Sightcraft Network is a collaboration of independent podcasters just like this one focused on helping people live more meaningful and productive lives. This network of podcasts provides both self-help and business building resources to create an impact in the world and change people's lives. And I'm so proud to be part of this network along with this podcast. And if you haven't discovered the Practice of Therapy podcast, you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd love for you to join us as we explore the business and clinical sides of running a private practice. Be sure to check us out at practiceoftherapy.com for all the great resources and free webinars to help you in your own private practice journey. So I guess, can you share any personal experiences of success with clients that you've used this with? Right. So oftentimes when people come in, they're curious for they're questioning their current existence of, of the work that they're in and how they're showing up. And they're also aware that, you know, maybe they're moving into their third, third, their second, third of their life. And they're reaching this point where they're like, enough is enough. I want to be more aligned with, with my soul. So identifying, um, one of the ways that I like to work with people is let's identify your clear abilities. Do you feel things? Do you get downloads? Do you hear things? Um, do you see things? So what are the clear abilities that are most predominant within you? Because that gives me the direct access as to how their soul wants to be communicating with consciousness, number one. And secondly, how to access what their resources um, and their, their toolkit is that wants to be expressed in this lifetime. So it's interesting because someone who's, um, I see this a lot, people that are clairvoyant, that really appreciate beautiful things. Right? So they, they like a plate at dinner that, that is beautifully arranged. It's, it's pleasurable to the eye before they eat it. They like to walk into a room and see the layout of a room in a way that feels calming and welcoming and creates sort of the, the creative energy that they want to be feeling. And yet, when we think of these type of people in society, oftentimes we think of them as being pretentious or superficial or caring about things that don't really matter. So the moment that I can sort of bring that forward and, and, and draw it to the surface with someone, number one, it confirms something that they've always felt. And number two, they start to see it as like, oh, this is actually like my superpower. So someone who has this ability to see the bigger picture, to be able to see how things can be made more inspiring more beautiful. These are the the types of individuals that they might work with in a field of something like like take for example Ayurvedic medicine, where you're taking the combination of accessing the physical body, also being aware of how nature plays a role in our health, being aware of the different breathing patterns. Like there's so many different modalities that go into Ayurvedic medicine, and it takes a certain individual that can see the whole picture of that type of modality and be able to, to work with it in a complete way, right? But if someone is more 
claircognizance, for example, and they receive downloads really fast, really quick, and they know their yeses and nos almost instantly. And they're almost like twiddling their thumbs, waiting for the people around them to catch up. So these types of individuals aren't going to be so focused on the details as someone that's clairvoyant. So to be in a, prof- a profession where they're they're taking the time to, to set the table and, and create the ambiance, that's, necess- that's not going to be their forte. But being in a manager position where we need to make quick decisions and delegate and show people, you know, this is where we're going and this is what I need to see happening so that this can this take place. They work really well in those kind of positions because they can they can multitask quite easily because they get their hits and their downloads quite quickly. They aren't spending a lot of time trying to work out all the different details that need to be there in order for them to feel like they're a yes to what's taking place. So to answer your question, a lot of what happens in the cash session is that number one, people are being shown and exposed that the tools that they've had their whole life are actually um, their greatness and that not everyone operates the same way that they do. Because people do do something so well all their life, there's an assumption that everyone else does it that way too and they don't. And then secondly, so that can be just very confirming and it can be eye-opening and it can also just be confirming for people. So then that's usually the trajectory that we go. And then if people are wanting to step into a field that feels more fulfilling, oftentimes what goes hand in hand with that is, yeah, I want to do that thing, but I can't figure out how to make any money. And so then we move into the conversation of like, okay, so where do the money wounds come from? Let's go into the Akashic records and see where that started from. And some people might just have a lifetime where they chose to be releasing themselves, absolving themselves from any sort of possessions. And that karmic pattern, that energy, that samskara is simply repeating itself in this lifetime. And this is a lifetime where they're actually desiring to have their needs met so that they can work from a higher platform with people. Because the reality is if we're spending so much of our time in the real estate of trying to figure out how to make ends meet, it means that we have very little energy at the end of the day to be able to be of service to the people that, that we come across. That makes sense. The more that we can clean that up and clear it out so that so that the, the financial portion becomes more easeful, then they have more real estate freed up to be able to be present with the people that they're working with. So how do you access the Akashic Records? How do you help people do that then? Because I guess that's my confusion on what that technique, how, how does it work? How does it work? So it's a few things. Like oftentimes when people come into a training with me, they are interested in doing the training, but they're following up with, but I don't know if I can actually read the records. So for me, sort of the agreement that I have with the field or the, or the, the source energy is that I 100% have faith that whoever comes into my frequency and goes to the extent of either booking a clarity call with me or reaching out through email or text, that is all the information that I need to know that A, they're ready to read the records and B, I'm capable of being able to support them in that process. Because there's like 7 billion people in the world. So the fact that us two strangers have somehow figured out how to come together is pretty impressive. So that's all the information I need. So what I'll say to someone is, listen, let me, let me be your confidence at the beginning here. And over time, as we move through the training together, we'll slowly loosen our grip and you will eventually hold your own confidence by the time we're done. And that's kind of the biggest piece is people being able to trust their own downloads and information in how it comes through them and being able to respond to it. Because we're taught so intimately how to dismiss, suppress, downplay, and ignore these sensory signals that have been coming to us for lifetimes because we outsource so much 
of our connection to spirituality to leaders in our community in the past. And that's fine, but now we've reached a point in our evolution as humans where we don't need to outsource it anymore. So as we're starting to reclaim our own sovereignty, challenges like, yeah, I'm ready to claim my own sovereignty and I haven't filled the gap on how to actually trust my, my capacity to be able to do that. So that's the initial conversation. And then the actual technique on how to read the records is before anyone comes into a training, I do a Akashic session with them that's complementary to the training identify what their clarabilities are. And I just have a, a energetic scan I do through the body to, to help to identify what their clarabilities are. And then that's the, the reference that I'm using when I'm in the training. So if I'm working with you, Chris, in the training and I can see, okay, Chris is clairsentient and Chris is clairvoyant. So when I'm doing an exercise with you to be able to, re- to read your own records and you feel stuck or like you're not quite sure if it's working, two things I'm doing there. One, I'm going to coach you through your own clarability rather than having you do it through my clarability, which is claircognizance. So it's working with the person's clarability. And then the second piece to that is that as someone is asking the questions in their field, in their Akashic records, I'm also working directly with the Akashic records. So I'm getting feedback. Hey, how can I support this person in being able to receive their message more clearly? Is what they're receiving accurate? So I'm in their records while they're learning how to read their own records. And I'm getting coached from the actual field on how to support them in being able to access the records with more confidence. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just trying to picture this, that, that it's like you're you're being coached to, to coach them, but it's like you have to be open to receiving also in the moment to help, to best help them through the process. But it's almost using their strength and their Claire's strength. Yeah, absolutely. And and so it's it's a bit of a, it's a conversation that we're all sort of having together in these exercises that we're doing in training is, so so you go, you, you go, you try and you explore. And what most people come back with is like, well, I can't tell if I'm imagining it or if it's actual. I can't tell if the answers that I'm getting are um, me just pulling from my database of knowledge that I have or if it's actually coming from consciousness. So these are very common questions. And this is probably the majority of the work that I do in the training is showing people how to move from that doubt and into the place of trust and slowly over time as you know from holistic mental counseling that you do, that repetition creates confidence. Doing things over and over gives us the confidence to be able to do it with shoulders back, chest open. I like that that yoga reference, <laughs> shoulders yeah. back, chest open. Yes. So oh, leading with our heart too, I think. Because it just reminds me of, um, I had a past life regression at a couple of those. And it was, it, so at that point, you're like, am I making this up? Like what? Where is this coming? It's hard to trust that when you're not used to it. But I think that's what you said, right? As we're, we've suppressed this for so long and doubted and pushed stuff away. And then when you're finally open to it, you're like, what do I do with this? Yeah. So there's a, there's a few things that, are, that I found really interesting in this process. So when we're working on accessing the records, it does require some focus and the ability to be present so that you can not let the the daily tasks that want to come in and infiltrate your mind space. You can keep them at base so that you can focus on on what it is that you're trying to do in that moment. So there are some people that come in and they're and they want to be able to read the records. And when I'm having a conversation with them, what I'm noticing is that what they could really benefit from is being more present 
in developing a skill set on how to be present and being able to access their connection to consciousness. So I've created a whole program called Unlocking You, which shows different tools and techniques on how to play with that. And then the other thing that I find happens is that when there's a lot of people that come in saying, you know, I want to read the Akashic Records for myself, but I'm not quite sure if I want to be doing this as a business or adding it to my current business. And then when they finish the training, they are quite jazzed with what they're doing and they are very lit up. So then they're like, now, how do I, how do I actually make money doing this? So the other program that I have is Sovereign Leadership, which is taking your energetic superpowers, your mastery, and using that to grow and expand your business rather than the the very traditional cognitive funnels and lead magnets and clicks and analytics and what's going on behind your website. These are all excellent tools. But for most of us energetic healers, this is this is almost like trying to fit a circle inside of a square. It just doesn't work. So let's work with what you're actually amazing at and use that to grow and amplify your business. And that's what sovereign leadership is all about. Oh, I, th- I think that's great too. Yeah. I guess I'm just wondering too, especially for a mental health therapists, we have a lot of ethics that we have to follow, a lot of guidelines. So is there any ethical considerations with this kind of practice? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I mean, I do, cause I'm not a therapist by trade, so right. I don't know all the regulations about it, but I do know there's a, a woman that's gone through my training that decided to leave her public practice and go into private practice because she felt she had more freedom to do the things that she wants to be able to do with clients without having to explain herself and whatever, whatever practice she has to follow. Yeah. Um, and I would say, like, I even have a medical doctor in Europe that's gone through the training, and she's a traditional Western medicine doctor that's using the Akashic Records to help to do more of an energetic reading on what the disease is that's showing up in her clients and how to work with it um, in that way. So I think when there's a will, there's a way a little bit, like, how can I stay within the boundaries but still find the loopholes? And some people just have to release certain credentials in order to just be more integral and authentic with, with how they want to be showing up. So think it's very personal and individual and depends on the, the yeah. guideline and the doctrine. Because I'm wondering too, is it, can you only access yours or is it, do people try to access other people's Akashic records? Or? Oh yeah. Great question. And people don't ask that question enough, I think. So yeah, you can, I can access anyone. So this is where the records, when I, when you're asking me like, what's the origin, this is how they were abused okay. in the past. I can access anyone's records without permission. Permission. Okay. So, I mean, Brad Pitt would be super interesting to me, but I have no idea how to access it. Like I can't access his records without permission. So that's number one. And then even when I'm in a session with someone, let's say, let's say there's a contract, an energetic contract between themselves and their ex-partner that's still playing out, even though they're physically um, separated, they aren't energetically separated. And I'm getting information that this is actually um, ready to be cleared. It's not serving their highest and greatest good. So all green lights are a go for me. I will still take the time to say to the individual, do you want this contract to be cleared or would you prefer to keep it as is? So someone always has consent with where we go in the records because it's really important for me that people do feel like they have choice and that they are sovereign. Yeah, it sounds like as therapists, we have informed consent for any kind of treatment or modality. So I think that that kind of goes along with that ethically. Yeah, 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 100%. No, I'm glad you mentioned that. So that, that really makes sense. And then how it works with like someone who's deceased, because sometimes people want to check in with loved ones. So it's an energetic check-in 
um, that you're doing with their soul to, to see if you can have access to their soul or not. And sometimes I get a yes with that and sometimes I get a no. But what is really like simple and clean and easy to do with people is if I'm in a session with someone and there's someone else that they're having challenges with, I can go into the Akashic records of the relationship. So I'm not actually going into that other individual's personal records, but I'm accessing the relationship from the client that's in front of me. And that alone can give so much information without actually invading on someone else's privacy in any way, shape or form, but just showing like, what are the belief systems that are playing out in this relationship right now? What are the, what, what are the things that aren't serving that we can clear? Is there past lifetimes that they've had with this individual that makes it so hard for them to feel like they can break the chain that they keep feeling like they're retethering with this individual. There's so much information that we can get. And even in positive ways, like parents do this often with kids is like, how can I show up and be the best support agent for my kid? And so there's so much information that can come through and just give them some action pieces that they can do on a daily basis to support. Yeah. I imagine that would be helpful for couples. Yeah. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Because that can be challenging at times for people that are together a long time. Yeah. So sometimes I'll have a session with the husband and then I'll have a session with the wife. And then oftentimes, you know, it's more the wife that's interested and not the husband or vice versa. So then, yes, I can do a full reading on you as an individual and we can take 10 or 15 minutes and go into the relationship, but we don't need to have that person's full on consent to just get information on how to clean and breathe easier in the current situation that they're in. As you're talking about all this too, it just makes me feel like with therapy too, that it's almost could provide a missing piece. Because sometimes we don't have the full picture, right? On really what's going on. And we can only get what's in their conscious awareness, our conscious awareness. So I'm just thinking there could be, you know, this could be another missing piece that could really help with insight and help clients to move forward. Well, I have a, a client that when she went through the training, her original intention was those clients that want to work with the records in session with me can. Those that want to stick to traditional therapy with me, they can. And then she was, you know, maybe not very far in afterwards, maybe two or three months. And she came back to me and said, the only way that I'll work with clients now is is being able to access both because she sees how um, impactful it is to have exactly what you're saying. Like you have access to more information And so it just helps to um, make things move along in a much smoother and easeful pace. And she works primarily with trauma. So she, she goes into a lot of past lives to see where the trauma rooted from. And so she unearths it there. And I think it's very, I don't know if reassuring is the right word, but just very soothing for someone to know like what it is that I'm dealing with in this lifetime is not just from this one moment in time, it has a thread that goes further back and it just gives them more compassion towards themselves to know like, oh, this is why I perhaps am having a harder time letting this go than the woman that was in my group therapy that just seems to release this with such ease and grace. And I know that comparing isn't something that that we want to encourage, but it's something that we naturally do. And we can start to see the ways in which like, well, the reason why this potentially can be more challenging is because it just has like a longer line of energy that it goes through. And let's go and explore that a little bit. And that's the past life regression that you were speaking about earlier. Yeah, I could see how that could really be helpful to put the pieces together. It's because the more information we always have as therapists, the more we can help. Because a lot of times if clients don't, you know, they hold out on stuff from us too, it's like we can only go so far. So I could see how this could 
accelerate the, the healing process. The other thing that's important that I think a lot of people don't realize with the records, whatever, so your database, like your actual Akashic records, I mean, let's think about the comprehension of this. If you look at multiple lifetimes, let's say you've had a hundred just on earth, and then there's other planets that you've been on, plus the time in between where you're doing upgrades in other dimensions. Then you add to that all your thoughts all your decisions that you didn't say yes to, the ones that are taking place in other parallel universe, like this, this is like the thickest book that you can even imagine. So when we open up the Akashic records, the reason why we work with the keepers of the records is because they're like the librarian that within your book is filing through to find out the information that is most relevant at this moment. So I don't open someone's record and just get like inundated with a a whole bunch of, of noise that I'm trying to sort through and make sense of. It's very precise. It's very clean. It's very specific. So when I'm opening someone's record, the thing that we need to keep in mind is I'm working with the information that serves your highest and greatest good in this moment. So I'm not going to get information on your dirty little secrets. That's what I, my next question was, is, is it, could any of this be really harmful or? Well, this is where the practitioner needs to be doing their good due diligence on really having strong boundaries with only working with light energy. So when I go into a training, I'm setting this up before I even meet with the group that I'm setting up very strong boundaries that the only information that we're interested in working with is information that serves the highest and greatest good. No information that causes harm, that embarrasses or does not want to be revealed by the individual, like that they're not comfortable with it being shared in a group space. All of that is not to be shared at this time. So I set these boundaries before we do an Akashic training so that when we come into it, it's, it's a very healthy, positive experience for people. But then when they finish the training and go and do um, Akashic record sessions, that intention has to be maintained as they're going through. Now, have I had dark experiences? I have, but I've been working with the light in that dark. Mm, so let me give okay. you an example of that, if you're okay with it. So I had um, an individual whose son had committed suicide and they didn't know that he was, he had just been missing for several weeks. They thought that perhaps he'd committed suicide, but they weren't quite sure. And I knew the, the partner of this gentleman. So I, she reached out to me and I said, look, do you want me to just go in and see if there's any information that I can get on his soul to try and locate or anything like that? And she did, we were not close enough where I'd shared that I work with Akashic Records, but she just said, sure, see what comes up. So first I had to see if I had access to his soul, both either on earth or in another dimension. And I got that it's another dimension. So that gave the instant information that he's no longer in this physical form. Then from there, I was trying to access his records and I couldn't access them. So I asked first, does this individual not want me to access them? And I got it. I got to no, know it's fine. So then I ask, is he compromised? And I get a yes. So what that means is that someone's field is compromised in the sense that like there's dark energy that they're working with and the Akashic records is only a light energy field. So if the, if the frequency is too dark, then you can't access it. So from there, if you're open to it, what I proceeded to do was I was asking his, so the way that I can describe it would be, think of like a ball of light that's like just encased in almost like a thick, dark crust. So I was asking, I have banishment mantras that I work with. So I was repeating the banishment mantra from the outside, chipping away to create fissures and cracks while 
I could sense and feel that he was doing the same from the inside. And eventually we were able to implode, if you will, the compromised energy that that had a grip of his soul, released it. And it was almost the only way I can describe it. It's like in, in Aladdin, when the genie comes out and he's like, 10,000 years will give you such a crink in the neck. And it was that sort of feeling like this gentleman, the soul of this individual was just so freed in that moment. And what he shared with me to relate back to his father was that he was aware that he did not have the toolkit in his current life to be able to release what had been gripping him so intimately. And he made the conscious decision to leave so that he could try again to, to come back in a form that did not have this energy connected to it. So it gave me really interesting insights as to different meanings behind suicide. It opened me up to a broader perspective of what can take place when people commit suicide. And once the energy was compromised, or once his energy was opened and exposed, then I had full access to his records and I could read it. That's fascinating. Thank you for yeah. sharing that story. I'm sure therapists would really, you know, be excited to hear that too. It's like, oh my gosh, that you were a part of that process. That's so cool. <laughs> Heather, I had just one question for you. So what is incarnated purpose? What does that mean? So the incarnated purpose is more individual. So you have a soul purpose, which is, think of it like if the center of the sun is your oneness, and then all of us souls are like the sun rays coming out of the sun, you have a soul purpose that's highly connected to oneness. And you have an incarnated purpose. So it's connected to oneness, but it's also connected to your individual soul and how it wants to fulfill or grow and expand in this lifetime. Um, so it's very specific. It's different for each individual. What's fun is there's certain individuals where the purpose of their soul in this lifetime is actually to experience contentment. And so they're not actually striving to achieve and do major things that they're actually here to just experience what it is to have a human existence and be content. And and some people have um, a sole purpose that's highly connected to a vocation or a career. And some people's sole purpose is simply how they show up, no matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter if they're driving a bus or they're working in, in politics or they're, they're working in spiritual work. Like It's just literally how they show up. So your incarnated purpose is very individual to the specific reason why your soul chose to come down and be in a body at this time. So what are strategies to help listeners strengthen this and to live according to their incarnated purpose? So part of it is just like feeling into what it is that, that makes you feel lit up. What is it that makes you feel like you're in a high vibrational frequency versus a low vibrational frequency? Not everyone's meant to work with people. Not everyone's meant to work with animals. Not everyone's meant to work in a crowd of an auditorium of 2000 people. So really identifying like what lights me up what makes me feel like I'm connected to myself and also to something bigger. How I work with people is let's identify, and you can do this on your own. Like, what do you think your clear abilities are? Are you someone that like every time you walk in a room, you feel like you're just taking on everyone's energy? Chances are you're clairsentient. When you walk into the room, can you actually get like a whole picture in 30 seconds just by your clairvoyance, just being able to read a room by looking through it? Yeah, so those are, those are some ways that you can start to play with it. What lights you up? What do you feel is easeful for you when you connect with it? Like some people just take to music, like it's in them, they're born with it. And some people talk to people in that way. Like they have no problems communicating, connecting with people. So what's easeful? What is something that makes you feel connected? And then the other thing that I like to add to this is it should also be edgy. 
Because if you feel masterful at something, chances are you've actually already mastered this in another lifetime. So you're not here to repeat it. And even though you might be the best school teacher and everyone tells you that you're the best school teacher, but at the end of the day, you don't feel like you're challenged or lit up in any way. You're not growing or expanding. Chances are that you're meant to take the mastery of your teaching skills and you're meant to apply it with something else to lead you into your next growing edge. So it needs to be a little bit edgy at the same time. It needs to feel like a little bit risky when you move into it. If it just feels super easy and smooth, you've already been there, done that. Congratulations, but that's not why you're here. Okay. Yeah. That's really helpful. I appreciate you sharing that. What's the best way for listeners to find you and learn more about you? Easiest way is just to head to my website. It's just my name, Heather Ivany, H-E-A-T-H-E-R-I-V as in Victor, A-N-Y.com. Uh, on there, I have something called the Spiritual Reset. It's a free way for you to get to know a little bit more and have a deeper experience with me. It takes you through a seven-day journey of how to connect with yourself and, and move away from the distraction of the periphery. And then on there, I have several online programs as well as in-person and, and live uh, events that are taking place. So that would probably be the best way to access. Uh, the one social media platform I'm on is Instagram and it's my name, Heather, and then underscore Ivany. The other ones all I don't right, we'll really have all that in the sh- yeah. yeah, we'll have that in the show notes, listeners as well. Perfect. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was really enlightening. Well, thanks for having me, Chris, and being open to talking about a topic that uh, you, you yourself are unfamiliar with. So it's always nice when people are willing to take risks like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that brings us to the end of another episode. Listeners, have you been wanting to integrate breathwork into your sessions but are unsure how? Are you needing to earn more continuing education credits? Shifting from traditional talk therapy to using more holistic modalities can bring feelings of uncertainty and fear. This is understandable. And I know I was hesitant to try some as well and worried I'd do it wrong or was I even allowed to teach breathwork? So I'm here to tell you that this is within your scope of practice. In my many years of experience and training, I found breathwork to be one of the most powerful holistic modalities therapists can use in session. And now I'm offering you a recorded training that you can watch at your own schedule so you could be prepared to use in session with clients safely and ethically. Go to hcpodcast.org forward slash breathwork course, and you can earn 1.5 credit hours today. And again, this is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Till next time, take care. Thanks for listening. The information in this podcast is for general educational purposes only, and it is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are giving legal, financial, counseling, or any other kind of professional advice. If you need a professional, please find the right one for you. The Holistic Counseling Podcast is proudly part of the SiteCraft Network. 